Judges 1.19. It's up on the screen here, and it reads, And the Lord was with Judah. And he drave or drove out the inhabitants of the mountain, but could not drive out the inhabitants of the valley because they had chariots of iron. So let's read that one more time to get a little clarity of what that just said. The Lord was with Judah. Do you see that? The Lord was with Judah. So they drove out the inhabitants of the mountain, but could not drive out the inhabitants of the valley because they had chariots of iron. Well, we're going to answer that question today that troubles my spirit. It should trouble yours. How can God be with you and you lose? Hmm. How can God be with you? Wait a minute. You won one battle, but then you lost another battle. Bible says because they had chariots of iron. So I want to preach today about overcoming chariots of iron. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for the sweet spirit that we fill in this house. Lord, this is your church. We are your people. These are your sheep, and I am your vessel. So help me, Lord, to speak every word that is intended. I pray that my flesh will not get in the way. In Jesus' name, we pray. Everybody say amen. If you're ready to receive God's word, clap your hands unto the Lord one more time. Go ahead and be seated. Now, to properly understand the context of what we just read here, um, because it's important to understand context. When you're, when you're reading the scripture, when you're reading the Bible, you have to understand the context of what you're reading. Now, we just read one verse of scripture. We didn't start at verse number one. We just read one verse of scripture. So it's important to understand the context of what is taking place uh, in Judges chapter 1, verse number 19 in particular. So if we're going to take this and understand it, then we need to really understand the history of Israel. We really need to understand the history of Israel and then bring it all the way into what we just read here in Judges 1, verse number 19. So if we're going to do that, let's just go back to Abraham. Let's go back to Abraham, and we're going to start in Genesis chapter number 12. And the Bible says, Now the Lord said unto Abram, notice his name is Abram, and not Abraham. That's the first thing that we need to notice. That the scripture says here, he said unto Abram, all right? So Abraham, the name of Abraham did not come until later. His birth name that his father gave him was Abram. And the word Abram means exalted father. So the scripture says, now the Lord said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and from your kindred, from all of your family, your father's house, and I will take you into a land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. He says, I will bless you, and I'm going to make your name great and thou shalt be a blessing and I will bless them that bless you I will curse them that curse you and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed so the Bible says in verse number four so Abram departed so now we understand that Abram was obedient in chapter number 12 in the book of Genesis that he did not stay where he was but he obeyed the voice of the Lord and he departed. Well if we go a couple more chapters later in chapter number 15 this is when God begins to deal with Abram and begins to let him know I have a promise for you matter of fact I'm going to give you a sign for the promise. So he took him outside he said can you number the stars? He said no I cannot number them. He says as many stars 
stars there are, that's how your seed is going to bleed. I'm going to multiply your seed. Well, we must understand that Abram and Sarai, who wasn't named Sarah yet, but we're just going to use the name Sarah for right now. So Abram and Sarah did not have any children. But yet God takes Abram outside and says, this is how your seed is going to be. Now, what's interesting is, is that when Abram left his own family and his own country, he was 75 years old. Now, imagine being 75 years old, God coming to you and telling you that you're about to have a bunch of babies. Okay, all right, all right. So I, I can't imagine that at 30 or 40 years old, okay? So imagine that at 75, he says, well, you're about to have a bunch of children. So they get this promise for God saying that you're going to have a bunch of babies and it's going to be like the stars are in the heaven. And so he tells them that in chapter number 15. Well, if you go to chapter number 16... Something takes place in Abram's life. Something happens with his faith. He had faith in chapter number 12, but when you get to chapter number 16, something takes place in Abram's faith. And this is when Abram and Sarah decide, you know what, we're going to take matters into our own hands. See, now it's been 10 years. In chapter number 16, from chapter 12 to chapter number 16, it's been 10 years. Now Abram is 85 years old. Abram's 85 and Sarah, well, you never give a woman's age. So she's up there in age as well. So here you have this old man and this older woman who has not have a child, but yet God is telling him they're going to have children. And so Sarah then makes a decision. Now, I don't know if this will work in my house, Daniel. I, don't, I can never hear my wife coming to me saying, you know what? I'm too old. I'm not going to have children, but I believe the neighbor's wife. If you go in there and just lay with her, I believe you can have a baby with her. Will that work? Okay, that's not going to work. All right. I thought I might try it for like two seconds, but it didn't work. So that, 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 that's not going to work in, in, in my house. And, 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 so, and so, but Abram listened to his wife. His wife said, hey, I'm not going to have children, but let's go ahead and lay with the servant. Her name was Hagar. You can go ahead and lay with her because she's a little bit younger. Go ahead and have children with her. And you never read in the Bible where Abraham said, woman, have you lost your mind? You don't read that in scripture. Abraham said, he didn't even say, are you serious? Sarah just said, hey, go do that. He said, okay. <laughs> hey, God, it's time. And, and no, but he went in and had this child with, with Hagar, and of course they produced Ishmael. We're not going to go into great detail uh, about Ishmael, but, but here they have this child together, but that wasn't the will of God. It wasn't the will of God for them to have this child. The promise was between Abram and Sarah. And so if you study the lineage of Ishmael, actually that lineage is still causing trouble to this day. I don't want to go into the details of that, but that lineage is still causing trouble to this day. Uh, and so they stepped out of the will of God. But see, even when you step out of the will of God, this is a point you need to understand. That doesn't mean God has lost his love for you. Mm -hmm. see many times when we make mistakes uh, we think we can never come back to God but God is saying even though you made a mistake no I still love you I still care about you and you just need to come back to me Yeah. so when you make a mistake don't run from God uh, but believe me you need to run back to God because he's always waiting there with open arms uh huh and, and, and so they made this mistake and well now now we go to chapter number 17 and then when you get to chapter number 17 what's what's interesting is is that the the, the bible uh begins to to let us know that now god comes back to abram 
And it's in chapter number 17 that now Abram is 99 years old. So he gave him a promise at 75. At 85, he made a mistake. Well, at 99, God comes back to him and said, hey, I remember giving you a promise many years ago, and I haven't forgotten about my promise. Uh, see, some of us have give, been given a promise from God many years ago, and you think God has forgotten about that promise. But God never forgets about his promise. And when God speaks a word, I don't care if it says today or 10 years ago, it will come to pass. Uh-huh. And so God gave him a word and said, well, now I'm going to give you another word. And it's in chapter number 16 or no, 17. It's in chapter number 17 when God comes to Abram and says, you will no longer be named Abram. But now you will be called Abraham. Abraham meaning the father of many nations and notice that God did not change his name completely but God just added to his name so Abram means exalted father but now he has become an exalted father of many nations and I love this part here because now Abraham every time he says his name he has to confess out of his mouth that there is a promise from God and that that promise will come to pass so you must understand this that every time Abraham said his name I am the father of many nations yet Abraham never had one child from Sarah but every time someone asked him his name he would say I am the father of many nations see sometimes when God gives you a word you just need to speak that word out of your mouth because because when God says that you are delivered, you need to walk around saying, I am delivered. I am set free. I am healed. You may not be delivered yet. You may not be healed yet. But you need to learn how to speak that name out of your mouth. I want somebody in here today, if going through any situation in your life, you haven't received it yet. But you're going to confess out of your mouth, I shall be made whole. And so he was given a promise by his name. Didn't have many children, but yet every time his name was spoken, he was speaking prophetically. And so now we understand how this takes place. And, 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 and so the scripture uh, lets us know that Abraham, if I can move just a little bit faster, Abraham had Isaac. He eventually had Isaac with Sarah. And Abraham had Isaac. And then Isaac had Jacob. Uh, and so in Jacob, we need to understand this, that Jacob was the one that wrestled with God. He wrestled with the angel of the Lord. And so if you know that story and that scripture, this is when Jacob was wrestling with the Lord. And the Lord was saying you've got to let me go because the sun is about to come up and he says but I'm not going to let you go until you bless me now we need to understand a principle about Jacob Jacob was a runner he was always on the run he had tricked his brother Esau and tricked uh, his father into giving him the blessing if you will and so he was always on the run afraid for his life and see sometimes when you're always on the run afraid for your life when you are in the atmosphere of God when you're in the presence of the Lord you should not walk out of here the same way but you should have a mindset to say I'm not gonna let this go until you bless me and so Jacob had that mindset I'm not letting you go I need a change in my life I'm tired of running I'm tired of going the other way I, I hope I'm preaching to somebody right there I hope somebody came in here today tired of the direction that you're going in tired of the ways that you're going in and Jacob said no I, I, I gotta stop running I'm not letting you go until you bless me it is in this moment when God changed Jacob's name to Israel 
Jacob's name was changed to Israel. So if you want to know where we get Israelites from or Israel from, it comes from Jacob. So it goes Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Jacob's name was changed to Israel. Well, Jacob had 12 sons, and one of those sons was named Joseph. It was one of his younger sons. And so that younger son, he favored very much. Some of you have heard this story maybe when you were young or, or watched some movie out there. But this was the one that he gave the coat of many colors to. So he gave him a coat of many colors. He was favored by Jacob. And because of that, his older brothers were very angry and upset about that. They were very jealous about that. Well, not only did they leave him for dead, but Jacob, or excuse me, Joseph ended up getting sold into slavery. Where was that slavery? It was in Egypt. But even though Joseph was sold into slavery, even though it seems like how in the world did I get here, God's favor was still upon his life. And some of us need to understand that point. Even though we're in a place where we don't understand, that doesn't mean God's hand is off of your life. It doesn't mean that God stopped caring about you just because things aren't happening the way you thought they should go. Never mistake the things that you're going through as an absence of God. No, God is always there. He's going to be always with you. So, so, so Joseph goes through all this situation here and he gets sold into Egypt, into slavery, and that's how he ends up in Egypt. Well, that's how, if you understand your Bible, that is how all of God's people or the Israelites ended up in Egypt. Why? Because Joseph was able to interpret dreams. Joseph was able to interpret dreams. God gave him the ability to interpret dreams, and Joseph always gave him the glory for the interpretation. So no matter where he was, if he was escaping from Potiphar's wife, if he was in prison, God's hand was always on Joseph. And so the beautiful thing about it is, is that Pharaoh now, the king, had a dream that he couldn't understand but they knew of one Joseph that can interpret that dream and he told them there's going to be seven years of abundance you're going to have plenty of it but then there's going to be seven years of famine the Bible says if you read that story that the seven years of famine was so bad that they forgot about how good the abundance was because the seven years of drought was so bad that many people would forget how good the abundance was but thankfully Joseph had a plan to save up while the abundance was taking place but that is another key point that we must understand even when we're going through a dry time even when we're going through a famine we cannot forget how good God has been to us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. see oftentimes we go through dry times in our life and we forget about the good times that's why if you're having a good time you ought to rejoice again I say rejoice but even if you're going through bad times right now you still ought to clap your hands and say I know I won't be here always I know that God he's done it before I know that he's able to do it again and, 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 and so it's important to see here that now they go through this famine and because of the famine it draws Joseph's family or the Israelites into Egypt why because that's where the food was because Joseph had a plan and he executed that plan and he was elevated to second in command with Pharaoh but that is how all of God's people end up in Egypt but we know that Joseph dies a new Pharaoh rose up that did not know him and so he's seen how the Hebrew people or the Israelites were growing at a very 
very rapid pace. And so because of that, he was afraid of them just in case they joined up with another army and was to attack the Egyptians. He said, well, let's put them in bondage. And so that's how they ended up in Egypt and how they ended up in bondage. But God sent Moses. He used Moses as a deliverer and brought them out of Egypt after the 10 plagues. And he brought them across the Red Sea. And I love that illustration of how God brought the people across the Red Sea. The Bible says he brought them across on dry land. And what the beautiful thing about it is, is that Moses began to speak and say, these people who you see now, you will see no more. And so what that was is it was a form of baptism. It was a form of baptism. They went across the water on dry land and then their past, their history, their mistakes came after them on that dry land, but the water swaddled them up. It is the same thing when we get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. When you go down in the name of Jesus Christ, your sins or your past is no more. They are washed away. Look what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 1. The scripture says, more over brethren I would not have you sh uh, should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all someone say baptized they were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and where in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. I want to put emphasis on verse number two. Show verse number two again. It says, and we're all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So even Paul tells us that this is an illustration of baptism. And now we here today are under the blood of Jesus Christ and all made to pass through the waters of baptism. They were all baptized unto Moses. Therefore, we must all be baptized into Christ. But once Moses' time was up on the earth, Joshua was his predecessor. And this is what leads us to Judges chapter number one because Joshua leads the people across the Jordan River very similar to how Moses led them across the Red Sea. He, Joshua leads the people across the Jordan River into the promised land. And here they are dominating and controlling and inhabiting the land that was promised to who? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The scripture says in Judges chapter number one, verse number one, the Bible says now after the death of Joshua, it came to pass that the children of Israel asked the Lord saying, who shall go up for us against the Canaanites first to fight against them? In other words, they were asking, what do we do now? Who do we turn to now when leaders in our life begin to die why? Because there's no Abraham, there's no Isaac, there's no Jacob, there's no Moses, and now there is no Joshua. All these people have died, but even during moments of uncertainty or lack of direction, there is something that should never die. Verse number two, the Bible says, and the Lord said, Judah shall go up. Behold, I have delivered the land into their hands because even when we're going through certain things and tough trials or leaders are leaving from our life your praise should never leave your lips why do I say that because the name Judah means 
praise. And when you have a praise upon your lips, God will always take care of you. That's why we should never lose our praise. No matter what uncertainty we have in our life, we should always have a praise. Let's just take a moment, clap our hands unto the Lord and magnify him. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, what happened? If we see all throughout history... God was with the Israelites. No matter what the situation was, God was always with them, starting all the way back in Abraham. Even throughout their trouble, even throughout their trial, God was always with his people. And they get to a point here in the book of Judges where the Lord said, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to take care of you. And he even uses the word that I have delivered the land into your hand. Why is it that when we get to verse number 19 that Judah could not drive out the people in the valley? The Bible says in verse number 19, our opening text, and the Lord was with Judah. And he drove out the inhabitants of the mountain, but he could not drive out the inhabitants of the valley because they had chariots of iron. Well, if we understand, if we go back just a little bit to the book of Joshua, because Joshua faced the same lack of faith when God's people years prior before his death. The Bible says in Joshua chapter 17, verse number 16, it says, and the children of Joshua said, the heel is enough for us. It says, and all the Canaanites that dwell in the land of the valley, they have chariots of iron. They came to Joshua saying, hey, we don't have enough room here. We can't go down to the valley because they have chariots of iron. We have nothing to do. We, we can't overcome chariots of iron. Well, look what Joshua said to them in verse number 17. And Joshua spake saying, that are a great people and has great power. Don't you realize and know who you are? Don't, don't, don't you know who you're with? Why are you afraid? Because they have what seems to be stronger, mightier weapons than you have what is it why were they able to conquer so much land but yet when they faced chariots of iron they were afraid there's only one underlying factor it's not the lord because the lord is able to do all things if god is able to do all things and he was always with them what's the underlying factor it's simply their faith it was their lack of faith. In that moment, they trusted in themselves more than they trusted in the Lord. And they looked at their obstacle more than they trusted in the God of all heaven. See, oftentimes we make a mistake in putting our obstacle bigger than a great God that we serve. But we should never put our obstacle bigger than a great God that we serve. But we should put our big God bigger than whatever obstacle stands in our way. Because many of us here today have chariots of iron that we are facing in our life and you have certain things that are holding you and they are considered chariots of iron in your own personal life and you see these things wondering how in the world and I, am I going to overcome this yes you win some battles yes there are some things that you're able to overcome but then there's some things you're wondering how am I going to get over this how am I going to get through this this is a chariot of iron So the people were complaining in Joshua's day saying, hey, there's not enough land. 
We need more land. We need more space because we can't go down to the valley because they have chariots of iron. Joshua said, no, my friend, you are a great people and you have great power. How are you a great people and great power? Because of the God that's with you. Remember when David was going to face the Philistine, the giant that we know as Goliath? The Bible says that David looked at that Philistine and said, who are you? That's defiling the children of Israel. Who, who, who are you? I, I don't care who you are. And here's this Philistine challenging David with everything that he has, talking just everything unto David, saying, who is this young little lad? I'm going to feed you to the birds. Uh, your, your carcass is going to get fed, fed to the birds. And David begins to remind him, look, you may come to me with sword and with spear and with shield. And David said, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. See, some of us need to be reminded how we are fighting our battles. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against the things of this world, but we wrestle against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places and we come not in our name but we come in the name of the Lord so no matter what's coming against you you need to come in the name of the Lord so how do we overcome chariots of iron you overcome it in the name of the Lord how do you overcome your obstacles you overcome in the name of the Lord you don't apply your name you don't apply your tactics you don't apply what you think you know to do but you stand up and say I come in the name of of the Lord and that's why we are made overcomers we're not made overcomers by our might because the Bible says it's not by might nor by power but it's by my spirit saith the Lord and I'm telling you when you got the spirit of an almighty God applied to your life there is nothing I mean nothing that can stop you so we need to stop hanging our head you need to stop pilly patting around you need to wipe those tears and say if God be for me who can be against me because I know that if God is with me nothing's too hard for my God I'm here to let somebody know you ought to put Judah back in front of your life put praise back in front of your life somebody clap your hands unto the Lord shout hallelujah what are you saying preacher what I'm saying is is that they were lied to they were lied to by their own mouth they weren't lied to by God. God said, I've given you the land. And if God gives you a promise, that means it's going to happen. But what they spoke out of their mouth, that's why the Bible says death and life is in the power of the tongue. That's why you got to be careful what you say out of your mouth. I will never look at my obstacle and say, I can't overcome you because greater is he that's within me than he that's within the world. So it doesn't matter what comes my way. I'm telling you, I shall overcome. I shall overcome somebody needs to speak that right now I shall overcome hallelujah y'all gotta excuse me I usually don't get worked up like this on a Sunday morning but I feel a Sunday night Eddie Robinson coming over me I'm telling you there's a praise that's deep down on the inside and that praise is not about my situation but my praise is because I know I got a God that's able to bring me out of my situation if you know you serve a great God you ought to magnify the name of the Lord in the name of Jesus come on clap those hands one more time unto the Lord 
Yeah. So, 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 be seated. I didn't mean to wake everybody up at once. Listen to me. Listen to me. The Lord wasn't the problem. It was what came out of their own mouth. It is how they viewed themselves. I'm telling you, God's not the problem, folks. It's how you talk and how you look at yourself. I'm telling you, everything that belongs to me is for me. And I, and I will say that with boldness, not because I rest on my own understanding, but all of my trust is in him. The wisest man ever to walk the earth, Solomon said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And he was the wisest man ever. And he said, I don't even trust in my own understanding. That's like showing up at school and say, the teacher walk up there and say, hey, y'all, I don't really know what I'm doing. Like, well, why am I paying you then to teach me math? Amen. Right? And kids got it easy now. I'm way off subject right now. Kids got it easy. You know, they, they got Google and, and all kind of stuff. We, we didn't, I wish I had Brother Google when I was coming up. Oh, man, they got Brother Google, Sister Siri, Evangelist YouTube. And they, I would have aced all my tests. But anyway, what, what, it's, it's how they viewed themselves. Oh, we, oh, we can't go down there. They, they, got, they got chariots of iron down there. They, they, can't, they can't do it. I don't, I, I, but I want you to know that chariots of iron will burn. Chariots of iron will burn. Uh-huh. I, I, Sister Dominique, can you give me the scripture that's in the book of Psalms where it talks about how iron will burn a fire. David said it. He says something about wars will cease and, uh, and, and irons will burn with, with fire. Can you, it's somewhere in the book of Psalms there. I know there's like 155 chapters in, <laughs> in the book of Psalms, but you, you got Brother Google back there, right? Got... Uh, maybe. No, that's not the one I want. Uh-uh. Go back to Brother Google. Uh-uh. Something about wars. Wars will stop. He calls his wars to stop. That's how the scripture starts. I know that. He calls his wars to, to cease or something like that. Praise God. I, thank you. Psalms 46, verse number 9. There it is. Look, we don't need Brother Google. We just need somebody that know their Bible. Amen. Praise God. Sister... I knew there was a scripture something like that. I just didn't know where. Okay. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear and so He burneth the chariot. Here they are scared of chariots of iron when God said, I'll burn those chariots. I'm not afraid of these chariots of iron. I will burn them. Go to verse number 10. The verse number 10 gets even better. Verse number 10. There it is. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. I'm telling somebody, those chariots will burn. Those chariots will burn. The iron will burn. I don't care what's going on in your life. I don't know what you're facing right now, but I'm telling you, it will burn.
Because there's nothing too hard for God. Don't doubt him. Don't doubt him. It'll burn. Oh, I feel God's presence in here right now. Hallelujah. I feel a shaking. I feel revelation taking place. I don't know what you're dealing with. I'm telling you, my friend, they're going to burn. They will burn. That's why God said, I've given you the land. I've given it to you. But they're complaining. We don't have enough room. We need more space. And there's acres and acres and miles of space in the valley, but they're afraid to take the valley. If the Lord, now we have our dear friends over here, Mary Maid and State Farm, our, our business neighbors. I love them. I have a great relationship with them. Great relationship, and I thank the Lord for that relationship. But if the angel of the Lord came to me today and visited me and said, I have given you those buildings. They're yours. I would gladly walk over there and knock on the door. You know, I thank the Lord for our relationship. And every one of you of your employees are more than welcome to come to SCC. But I'm going to need those keys to this building because the Lord has given us the land. It's mine. And if God told you it's yours, then my friend, it's yours. So stop allowing the enemy to tell you that you will not overcome. It's yours. You will be delivered. It's yours. You shall come out. It's yours. You shall be made whole. It's yours. So go after it. Go after it. Go after it. Amen. I feel God's presence right now. Those of you that have businesses, I speak over it right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak prosperity. I speak enlargement. Those of you that are wanting to search out entrepreneurship, I'm telling you to go after it. I'm speaking it right now over your life. Those of you that are searching for new opportunities and new things that happen in your life, those of you that are walking and wanting the supernatural to take place, go after it. I'm speaking it right now over your life. I'm telling you, don't let nothing stop you. Let nothing hinder you whatever you are pursuing in your life I'm telling you to go after it with fervor go after it knowing that God is with you if I'm talking to you right now you want to stand to your feet lift your hand and accept the blessings of an almighty God I'm telling you God is getting ready to open up great doors God is getting ready to make ways God is getting ready to split seas open he's getting ready to do the supernatural in the name of Jesus and don't be afraid of the chariots of iron but know that God God can burn the chariots of iron. I'm telling you, God is able to do just that right now. Come on, lift your hands and lift your voice because the presence of an almighty God is in this house. Jesus <laughs> glory now now listen watch this now, watch this I'm gonna give you something practical come on come on I'm gonna give you something practical now watch this all right 
I don't want you to walk out of here with just emotion, but nothing, no understanding on how to apply it. All right? It's, that's important. Because we can be on cloud nine, something go wrong, we just, we, we, we just collapse. That's not the will of God. All right? So, so let me show you what the Bible says on how to burn the chariots of iron. Give me Jeremiah chapter 23, verse number 29. We're going to read the first part here. Look what it says. Is not my word like as a fire? Oh, man. You're, you're missing that. God said, I will burn the chariots. He says, I will burn the chariots. So how do we burn iron? His word. Oh, man, man, I... I, I, I hope y'all understand it. H how do you burn iron? His word is like fire. So when obstacles come, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Watch it burn. I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Burn. My soul shall make a boast of the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Burn. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me out of all my fears. Burn. I'm telling somebody, use the word. Use the word. Use the word. Somebody ought to step out of your room right now. Come down to this front and begin to speak the word of God. Somebody needs to step out from where you are by faith and say, I'm going to use the word. I'm going to use the word. I'm going to use the word. Use the word. 